last night as we were at the lake, the thing I shared with you was what? I did, people. I said, don't go dancing in the graveyard. And so I was trying to share a few things about dead people and what they share with us or what they show us and how weak we are. And so this morning as I was trying to think where to go, I knew that you all were going to be watching the movie last night. I talked to a couple of the counselors and they were talking how much they liked the movie. And even then, there's still some things that it didn't portray quite the way that it could possibly happen throughout that movie. And so as you think about it and you think through life, as I mentioned yesterday about what dead people show us, I got to think, how do we know what God's will is? I don't know about you all. Any of you ever questioned, God, what's the will for my life? What's going on? And so I say, I know I did. As a teenager, uh, I can remember at the age of, oh, I guess it was 14, my mom walked out of the house and didn't tell any of us she was leaving. Uh, he said, wait a minute, you said your dad's a pastor. Well, I can tell you for the next year, year and a half, my dad honestly thought his ministry as a pastor was done. And so I watched my dad cry himself to sleep at night. There were a couple of times he thought I was asleep, and I heard him out in the living room just upset because he didn't know what to do. Uh, they had tried to work some things out. I don't know all the story. I really don't feel I need to know. I know they're my parents. But I also know that both of them had some faults in the divorce. Um, I know that going through it after that for the next several years, I really questioned God. I grew up in a home that my dad was involved in church. He had, at that point, he hadn't been a pastor other than once when I was younger. He had been my principal at a Christian school, and so I had seen that. I watched the church cut my family off. Uh, I remember my youth pastor uh, basically never even came to check on me after my parents got a divorce. The church we attended, the pastor basically kicked us out of the church. Um, I was dating his daughter at the time. He made his daughter break up with me. She came to the house to pick up all our stuff. We had necklaces that had our class rings and all this stuff on it. I had to give it back to her and all this stuff. She had a leather jacket of mine. She just kind of tossed on the driveway. Um, I was really ticked. I thought, God, how can you let this happen when I have seen nothing but your power and your presence, and then you let my parents get a divorce, and everything changes. Nobody wants anything to do with me. And so over the period of the next six to eight years of my life, till about 20, actually about 19, I really struggled with God. I knew I was a Christian, but I struggled with what His will was. And so with that, I'm going to share a few things with you. I'm not going to get into a lot of detail today, but I want to share a few things about my life and then also show you how can you find God's will. Because let's face it, sometimes we struggle with that. I know as middle school students, sometimes you get to the point, man, what's going on? I look at some of the counselors, the junior counselors that are here, and I'm going to tell you, it's a struggle. Is this really what God wants for my life? And so today, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. And as we do, if you'll take your Bibles, I'm going to look at a couple different passages again today. Um, take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 16. While you're turning there, I'm going to tell you a story. And so just hold your finger there. Don't get too tired and close it and forget where we're at. I started college when I was 17 at Appalachian Bible College in Beckley, West Virginia. David could probably tell this story. I'm sure he's heard it quite a bit. But I ended up, I had... Growing up, we lived in a house up in Summersville, West Virginia. had a lot of spiders. Some of you ladies saw a spider yesterday at the lake out around that guitar case. And so that spider, I'm going to tell you, I backed away. I'm not that I'm a coward, but spiders I hate. After I tell you this, you'll understand why. I ended up in a hospital for, actually I was playing soccer for Appalachian Bible College. We came down and played Emory and Henry outside of Bristol there up at Exit, what is that, 20-something. 
played Emory and Henry in a game, and midway through the game, my ankle started hurting, and I, I had it had been hurting for a while, but I had a bone infection, just didn't know it at the time. Thought it was a bad heel bruise from running across stones. Thought it was a bad stone bruise on the bottom of my foot. Well, come to find out, the doctors went in and did some things, and there's a whole story there in itself. I ended up in a hospital for over two weeks. Uh, couldn't get out of bed. The nurses had to do everything for me. I almost lost my ankle. My ankle was about this big at that point because the infection had been in my leg for over three months and we didn't know it. It had eaten up through the heel of my foot and gone straight to the bone and started eating the bone away. Doctor said if I hadn't hurt it by running across the gravel and bruised it and brought the infection out, I probably would have lost at least my foot if not part of my leg. And so at that point, I really started questioning God. I said, okay, God, you've got something for me. What is it? He laid me flat on my back, and I started listening a little bit, but I was still questioning. And so in the two, little over two weeks that I was in the hospital, two people died in the bed next to me. First, there was like a 70-some-year-old man. I listened to him take his last breath. I'm 18 years old. I had just turned 18 or was getting ready to turn 18. My parents were here in Tennessee. I was in West Virginia by myself. Something was going to blow up. Um, and so my parents uh, were here, and I can tell you that listening to this gentleman in the bed beside me, all there is is a curtain. I hear him over there going, <laughs> and then it stops. I can hear the nurses and the doctors and all these people rushing around, doing all kinds of things. they got the paddles out trying to shock him, and nothing works, and he's dead. Really shook me to my core. Then they put in, because I didn't know, I didn't know what I was going on with my, my life at this point. I didn't even know what was going on with my leg. They explained a few things, but I didn't pay attention. I'm in pain. I knew it hurt. I knew they had cut my heel open. They had drained it. It was nasty. I could tell you some stories just to make you, um, ugh. But anyway, I won't do that. No, you just ate. And so, um, all this is happening, they bring in a second young man who is on dialysis, having kidney problems. He's got two little kids. He's 21 years old. The kids from college came in and started witnessing to this young man. Three days later, he dies. I'm like, okay, God, did you put me in this war? Am I going to die? I mean, two people next to me die. I hear him take his last breath. He, got, he was led to the Lord and got saved the day before he died. So I have to tell you, it was wonderful. I saw that. At that point, I'm really starting to turn and really listen to God. But I know this. Something else had to take place. I still wasn't ready to give myself to God. And so then at the age of 19, I had stayed out of college because of bone infection. Once I got out of the hospital, I was just too tired, too worn out to go back to school. So I took a break, went home, came to, to Tennessee because my parents moved right as I started college that year. And so I came to Tennessee, found the house they were in. We talked, prayed about it, decided to stay at home, go to Northeast Community College. Went. That was my first time ever in a public school. That was eye-opening. Um, the kids drinking and smoking and all the stuff going on. And so I'd never been through that. I had been in a private school all my life. And so as all that's happening, all this stuff's taking place, you would think seeing two people die would wake me up. It didn't. Um, I really, at this point, was still angry with God because of what had gone on in my life. And I wasn't ready to give him everything. Well, then the Lord leads me to Pensacola Christian College. Any of you heard of it? I can tell you, I went to Pensacola and I wasn't ready for what it hit me. Uh, I got in with the wrong crowd. I'm not going to tell you exactly what I got into. I'm just saying I got in with the wrong crowd. Over the next period of three months, the first three months I was there, I got in with this group of people and ended up five of us got kicked out of college the month of November, which happened to be a week before my birthday. My dad drove the 14 hours down to Pensacola to pick me up. 
looked me in the face and said, what are you doing? I said, I don't know that. He sees this should have been my third year of college, and now I'm getting kicked out. I've been through a lot. The first year of college, I dropped out because of the bone infection. Went to Northeast State and definitely knew that was not where I wanted to be. Knew the Lord had something in store for me. But after this, really shook me to my core. I can remember some things that happened, and I'm going to share some of it with you at the end to show you what the Lord did through me getting kicked out of Pensacola. And so anyway, that's why I told you. If you'd asked me in high school, I'd have never thought I'd have been involved as a Christian school teacher, a soccer and basketball coach, and then also being a youth pastor. I'd have looked you in the face and said, yeah, right, I don't want to do that. That's not what God has for me. Uh, there's no way. All the mistakes I've made. And so I'm telling you this not to get you to think, oh, look at Scott, and I'm not proud of the things I've done. What I'm telling you is to get you to understand God can use you no matter what you've done as long as you give yourself to Him. And so John chapter 16, I asked you to turn there. We're going to talk about God's will. And so John chapter 16 and verse 13 is where I'm at. Albeit, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. Jesus is talking here in John chapter 16 to his disciples. He says, if you read this chapter, he tells his disciples, Man, I've got so much to tell you, but you're not ready for it. And he's, gonna, and he's telling them about this, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come and show you some things and do some great things, but you've got to be willing to listen. And so as he's telling them this, here's what I want you to see. Where's the young lady? I talked to you before we started. Oh, Come on up here. And I don't know, I didn't ask her any of these questions. She said, can you use me? And I said, I don't know, we'll see. Come on up here. I feel like I'm a giant when I'm looking down on you. Ever have a boyfriend? When you have a boyfriend, you've got to read his letters or his text. you got a phone? Do you? You've got to read his text? Why not? You don't have text? You talk to him? You write him notes? Email him? Let me ask you something. What kind of relationship is she going to have with this boyfriend? It's not me and one that lasts, is it? And so I know she is, she's, okay, why are you doing this to me? I'm trying to get you to understand something. When we talk about relationships and we talk about understanding God, turn around and face him. Look at him. Look what I have to look at every day. Kind of scary, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, they got to look at my bald head, so that's even worse. But I can tell you this. We talk about relationships and we talk about understanding. I'm going to tell you, as you get older, as the rest of you in this room, you start to have relationships. Some of you, how many of you have a boyfriend or girlfriend? Or the lack thereof. Okay. Um, look at this. There's a group of you in this room that have a boyfriend and girlfriend. If you got a text from your boyfriend and girlfriend and you didn't read it, what's going to happen? They're going to get mad at you. They're going to go somewhere else. They're going to say, hey, if she's not going to listen to me or he's not going to listen to me or text me back, they're going to get angry. And so she doesn't have text right now. That's a good thing. I'm going to tell you, as far as dating and some of that stuff goes, you can have a seat. Give her a hand. She was nervous. She looked at me and When you talk about your relationships, I'm just going to tell you. God wants a relationship with us. The only way that relationship is going to happen is if you open His Word, guys. Do you know the Bible is His love letter to us? You know, He has given us his, the Word of God for this, this purpose and this purpose alone. So we can learn more about Him and grow spiritually. 
The only way you're going to grow is by opening up that thing. It's not an end cover for your books on the bookshelf. It's not to prop your bed up because it's a little crooked and you're trying to straighten it out. It's not to sit on the end of the bookshelf and just collect dust so you can write I love somebody on the dust cover of it and say, oh, look, that's what it is. No, your Bible's there to open it up and read it. Do you know he has given this to you because some of you say, I don't understand why this has happened in my life. You know what, those last three years I kind of went through really quick and shared some things with you. That's what that was to me. It was just, it sat on the end of a shelf. It was just there. I really struggled through it. I really, if I had been more focused on what God wanted in my life, man, I would have found out a lot sooner. He took me through a lot of things. And really, you know what? It wasn't him. I took myself through those things because I wasn't seeking God. I had my eyes closed. I wasn't growing in this relationship. And I'm going to tell you, the first thing I want you to see this morning as we talk about relationships, as you understand this and talk about God's will, how do I know God's will? God guides us through his word and his spirit. If you look at John chapter 16, that's what he's trying to get us to see. He's sending us the Holy Spirit. He's sending us his word that's got everything in it. But you have to be willing to open it. You know, in my own life, that is such a struggle, even as an adult. I have found the best time for me is the morning. I know the camp tries to have a devotion time or a quiet time in the morning, but then they also have devotions before you go to bed. This is great. I'm going to tell you, if you can get into it and do it for 30 days straight, have devotions in the morning, I think it's the best time to have it. I know a lot of people, oh, you can have it at night. You can, but here's the tendency at night. Oh, I'm going to get in bed and put my Bible. I want to read. Oh and then it falls down, or you fall asleep, or you try and do it while you're in bed, do it sitting up. Find some place. Scripture talks about having your quiet place or a prayer closet. Find somewhere that, other than your bed, because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You can get in your bed at night. You can get off before you finish, before you even start. And so the challenge to you as Christians, find the time, whether it's morning or evening. I know for me and personally, man, it's awesome to start your day off with God's Word, because then the rest of the day when something happens, you never know that verse is going to come into play. And say, oh, you know what? This morning I was reading this verse, and it ties in with what happened. And so I can tell you, the whole thing yesterday, I was talking to you about distractions. Do you know what? That was meant more for me than probably any of you yesterday because of what happened when my sister called me on the way to, camp, on the, way to the lake last night. I hadn't heard from her in months. And I can tell you the distraction that it brought up in my mind, my mind was going a thousand different places than where it needed to be last night. And so I can tell you, God guides us through his word, the first thing. The second thing, if you'll take your Bible, turn to Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15. As I think of God's will, how do we know God's will? It's kind of hard to understand at times if you're not opening your Bible and you're not praying it. So that's why I put that one first. If you've got that one under control, you're reading God's Word, you're praying, you're spending time meditating on it. I'm just going to tell you, everything else is going to come simple because that's the hardest part. You can get that down, the rest of this is going to come easy. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Now flip over is probably a page. It may be on the same page over on the other side. Proverbs chapter 15 and look at verse 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. You don't have a youth pastor. You don't have another Christian that you can go to and say, hey, pray for me. I really have a question here because you know what? You've got to have someone that counsels you. you know, even my wife, the two of us, uh, she is my best friend. There are times that I go to her and, hey, this is going on. I need you to pray. Duh, we live in the same house. She sees it. 
Scott, what's going on? Why are you like this? Why are you so grumpy? Why is this taking place in your life? Why are you so hard on the girls? Why? Whatever it is that wakes her up and gets her to see, and sometimes i got to do the same to her. Sometimes she pulls out that frying pan and ready to beat me upside the head. I mean, that's what's wrong with me, I know. But, hey, I keep telling her, lay off. It's going to hurt me permanently. Um, but God guides us with Christ-like people is the second thing I want you to see. I'm a, the story I told you about uh, Pensacola, I want to finish with this. And then I'll share it a little more later. Once I got kicked out of Pensacola, before I left, the last day I was there, the dean of men called me in, Dean Oman. I can remember. I didn't know this man from anybody else there at the college when I went. I'd only been there three months, so it's not like I had met a lot of people. Dean calls me in again, and I'm thinking, he's already punished me. They've already kicked me out of school. What more can he say to me? He says, Scott, he says, by what I saw in this office, I don't think you really meant to do what you did. He said, I think you got in with the wrong crowd. He said, I look at you, you're very meek, you're very humble. He said, you were honest and upright about what took place. You didn't try and hide it. He said, the other guys tried to lie about it. You just you told us how it was. Some of you are thinking, yeah, you just filled your guts. They already knew. There was no sense trying to hide it. I knew they already knew. And so my point was, I was just going to be honest and say, hey, I did this. You're right. You caught me. I'm sorry. Uh, and so I was honest with him. I went and said, okay, what's going to happen? I'm sure I'm going to get kicked out of here. When I came home, I honestly thought my dad was going to kick me out of the house. <laughs> get out. Uh, but he didn't. It took a long time for him to trust me. Remember what I said to you a couple days ago when I told you how is it you can build trust with your parents so that you don't have all the rules and all those things? It's maturity, guys. When you stay focused and listen and do the things your parents are asking, the rules, you're going to see those rules start to drop off. When you show maturity of what God wants in your life, your parents are going to be like, man, I don't have to worry about this. They're doing all this on their own already. And so that's what I want you to see. When you surround yourself with Christian, godly examples, they're going to lift you up. When you surround yourself with the knuckleheads that are in the world, involved in certain things, doing things, here's what I want you to see. Dean Oman says, Scott, I'm willing to let you come back. If after six months you can call me, tell me where you're at in your life, let me know what's going on. And then during the summer of the end of this year, he said, call me again. We'll talk over the phone, and then I'll pray about it and get back to you. I did everything he asked. I got involved in my youth group that my dad had at his church. I started helping out. I started speaking to him on Wednesday nights. I started going out and doing some things because at this point I was older than most of those kids in the youth group anyway. So I started helping the, the youth leader. By the end of that school year, the start, in the start of the summer, I had called him already once. We talked the second time, and he said, give me a week and I'll call you back whether you can come back. I said, I didn't say I want to come back. I didn't tell him that, but that's what I was thinking. I said, I want to go back through this again. And so the Lord really started working on my heart the week while I was waiting on Dean Oman to call me back. Dean Oman called me back after that week, and I said, uh, Hi, Mr. Oman, how are you? And we went through all the chat. He said, Scott, I've talked with uh, several other members here at the staff, and we believe that we would like you to come back. And I said, Okay. I said, I'm not sure that's what God wants, but let me pray about it, and I'll get back to you. So Dad and I talked about it, and he said, Are you stupid? They offered you a chance to take a stand and do what's right and do it the way it should have been done the first time. So I called Dean Oman back an hour later and said, Dean Oman, I'm, I was stupid. I'm sorry. I should have answered you yes. I'll, I'll come back next year uh, if you'll have me. And so I ended up going back to Pensacola. Out of the four other guys I was kicked out with, three of them ended up in the state penitentiary. If not by the grace of God, where would I be right now? I could be in jail. I want you to understand, I'm not any different than those other guys. 
those other guys got involved in some things they shouldn't have. The fourth guy that I didn't mention, he actually got into the military, started a, a, involved in the military, started a prayer group with his unit, led four or five of the guys to Christ. So I can tell you, God used two out of the five of us. The other three, they didn't care. They were at Pensacola, honestly, to cause a lot of problems. And so I tell you, it took a long time for me to understand what God's will was in my life. But that was one of the turning points. Do you know why? Dean Oman showed some faith and some something about Scott Kane. He saw. He said, you know what, there's something there that I believe I can trust. There's something that I want to try and help lift him up. Do you know, some of you, there are people that have lifted you up. You've had somebody just look at you and say, you are awful, you're this, you're that. I'm not telling you, you don't need that, guys. God tells you he didn't create any mistakes. He created you the way he created you for a purpose. No matter what you think you look like, whether you have big ears, whether you're bald, you got long, floppy hair, you look like shaggy. Some of you, you may be, hey, it's this, it's my teeth, it's, it's, I've got a nose that I just can't stand, my chin, um, the hair on your chinny chin chin, I don't know, whatever it is. I can tell you, God has created you the way he has for a purpose. He created you special. If you want to complain about that, he says he, we were created in his image. Then you're complaining about God. And so that second point, surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up. I can tell you, that's a tough thing. The third point, turn with me to Psalms chapter 37. Psalms chapter 37. Look at verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. I have to tell you, I look at Psalm 37, verse 4, and my third point today would be this. God guides us through good and bad experiences and has a purpose for everything. I could go on and show you a couple other verses, and the one I'm going to close with is in Philippians. So if you want to turn there, Philippians chapter 2 is where I'm going to close. And I've got a story to tell you as I close. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. Philippians 2 and verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputings. That's the one thing I try to teach my girls. It's the one thing I try to teach my soccer players, my students. Do you know what? God created you right now. At this time in your life, you are students, you are children. Some of you are counselors. That's it. Nothing else. You're not an adult. You're, you're right there, the pre-teen, pre-adult stage, but you're not an adult yet. You're not ready to make those adult decisions. I'm going to tell you if, you, if you think you are, trust me, it's not worth it. Try and go out there and get an apartment. Try and pay for your insurance on your car. Try and pay for the gas. Right now, gas is unbelievable. When I got married 14, yeah, 14 years ago, when I got married... Gas was at 92, 93 cents a gallon. So in 14 years, it's gone from 92, 93 cents a gallon. We're talking $3.50 a gallon right now. I'm going to tell you, I can tell you over the last 14 years, it's been ridiculous. I could fill my car up. I had a little Geo Metro when we first got married. We had a Nissan Sentra. I could fill both cars up for under $40. Now, that Mustang out there cost me 40-some dollars just to fill the tank up. And so I say, God has a purpose in your life. But are you really willing to listen to what he has? Are you really ready and focused on, hey, God has a purpose no matter what happens, it's good. No matter that what happens, it's bad. I can't complain about it. I can't murmur because let me tell you, if you're focused on yourself, it doesn't happen. High school. 
I'm going to go back, backtrack a little bit on you and share something about a young lady in my life that I've watched, and this is where you're headed if you want to complain about everything. And it took watching the two people die next to me, it took me getting out, kicked out of Pensacola, and many other things that caused this to really come back in my mind. I was in high school, about some 10th grade, there was a young lady that I knew. She had just graduated from the school I was attending. My dad was principal. My dad had witnessed to her. My dad had tried to, to leave her because he really felt she was on the, or the, the, the line here. She was walking the line. She had a boyfriend that went to a different school than ours. Boyfriend, we could tell, was not good for her. She didn't need him. He treated her like trash. She had a nice... Uh, Mitsubishi Eclipse, brand new. I think it was like a 91 Mitsubishi Eclipse. Unbelievable car her parents bought for. Her dad was a coal miner. He had money. And so she bought her this Eclipse. She worked at a steakhouse in the area that used to be big, but they're no longer big. I don't think there's any of them even still around. It used to be called Western Sizzling. I loved it. On Sunday afternoons, we would go to Western Sizzling. She would serve us, and I had a crush on her. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. I was like, Dad, let's go to Western Sizzling for lunch. So he'd take us. She graduated. She's two years older than me. I thought, ah, I like older women. Let's, I'm gonna, I'm, she's mine. I'm going to get her away from this guy. But anyway, it didn't happen. I can tell you, I can remember we go there. She'd serve us. She'd always put her hand on my shoulder and, hey, Scott, how are you? And I, she'd talk to me, and I thought, ah, oh, I'm glad we came. Just even if she said hello to me. I thought she didn't even care about me. But the time she'd say hello, that's it. Well, guess what? After a period of time, I started noticing some things. When we started going, she started looking really rough. She started look, You could tell she was involved in alcohol and doing some other things she shouldn't be. Her boyfriend and her and his friend were out one night at a party. They'd been drinking pretty heavily. She wasn't even old enough to drink. He was. I don't know about the friend. Boyfriend's driving her car. They're going down the interstate there in West Virginia. I can, I can tell you exactly where it happened. I can take you up there, show you the bridge, the intersection it took place. They're going down the interstate, and the officers say they were going somewhere between, and they're not positive on this because at that time they didn't have quite the, the knowledge and, and techniques they had today. Somewhere between 90 to 115, 120 miles an hour on the interstate. The boyfriend lost control of the car. The car goes into the median, hits some of those uh, uh, trash cans that are full of water to kind of slow you down. Hits those, but as it hits those, it skips and goes into... There's an overpass that's above that's got columns. The car hits the columns, splits the car in half, kills all of them. Um, I looked at all this going on in my life, and I can remember going to her funeral. Hardest thing I had ever done to that point, because I remember hearing the pastor preach, and they weren't for sure that she was a Christian. And I wondered in my own heart at that point, that really caused me to start questioning, okay, God, why? Here's a young lady that I know had so many talents. There was a lot of things going for her. She surrounded herself with the wrong people. I'm going to tell you, she thought that boyfriend was what she needed. Boyfriend was not what she needed. There were so many things I can point to in her life. And I could take you back over the last two years she was at school. People warned her, stay away from him. We see what's going on. Stay away from him. All she did was she got sucked in and stayed with him because, oh, he could take her to the parties. That's the cool thing. He could take her out and get her some alcohol. He could do this, whatever it was. I don't know what got her sucked in, but I can tell you this. Her life ended quicker than she ever thought it would end. And so I look at it, God's will in our lives. How do we know about it? If you look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, and I don't want you to turn there. The verse is right there. Uncle Paul read it. 
how do we know God's will? The point to his, his lesson today, the point to the whole thing about the pigs that he's trying to get you to see today, what are you building your life on, guys? What's the foundation you're putting yourself on? You're putting yourself on either God or you're putting yourself on sand. This building right here, if they put it on sand, the first rainstorm that happened, guess what's going to happen to the building? It's going to shift and it's going to fly down the hill. And so I want you to understand that's why it's important. What are you putting your foundation on? I look at you in this room, some of you, I can tell your foundation's strong. Some of you, I don't know. And I tell you, it's up to you. What are you focusing on? Some of you think you've got a boyfriend and girlfriend. You don't understand. What's going to happen four or five years down the road? She quits texting you. She quits whatever. Focus on God. Open up Scripture. Find what true love is about. Because I'm going to tell you, it's not what you think it is right now. Bow your heads and close your eyes. doesn't make our lives um, something that's so difficult to find the direction and the path and the future hard for us to find. He holds it in his heart and as we pursue God, he reveals himself to us. And by revealing himself, he's revealing his will and his purpose for us. God speaks to those who listen. Are you listening today? Are you listening to what's going on in your devotions? Are you listening to what happened with the movie last night? Are you listening to chapel? Are you listening to how God's speaking in your heart this week, watching each other, working and helping each other, seeing some of the things that Uncle Paul and the staff are trying to show you? God's will is our firm foundation. Are you seeking it? Let's pray. Dearly Father, I come to you so humbled, so thankful for this time and this uh, chance to be before these young people. I know many of them uh, struggling with so many different areas. I know a lot of the stories I shared today may be a little hard, a little uh, thought-provoking. I know in my own life, Lord, uh, the things that you use to wake me up, uh, if not for your grace and your mercy, Lord, it could be me that was in jail. It could be me that had died. Uh, but you had a plan and a purpose for me. I'm so thankful that I woke up one day and decided to listen. Pray that you would help each of us in this room and help me, myself, Lord, to continue to listen to you. Pray that you bless us, give us a great day, help these young people to stay focused on you even as they start thinking about going home and some of the struggles they may be facing with their friends and their peers. In Christ's holy and precious name, amen. I know I prayed, but something hit me, and I meant to share this with you when I came up here. There's a young lady in the back, and if you know who you are, you don't have to make a big deal. She's got a t-shirt on, and on the back of her t-shirt reads this. Blood washes off. Bruises go away. Bones heal. Scars show character. Pain is temporary. Victory lasts forever. You know, as I was reading her t-shirt before I got started, I thought, that's what we're talking about, guys. Your victory is going to last forever if you pay attention to what God wants. And I meant to close with that in my mind as I was praying. It hit me. Pay attention. God has something out there for you. The victory is unbelievable.